Welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today we continue on a journey through a powerful series called God's Amazing Promises. In the upcoming lessons, you'll discover some of the most profound promises that God has made to you. And these promises are not mere words. They are keys to a renewed life, inner peace, and a hopeful future. But before we get started, have you ever felt you're made for something more or had a dream that just seemed out of reach? Then we've got the perfect resource for you. It's the brand new Created to Dream Journal. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called God's Promises About Your Future. Now I want you to write this down. Just find a spot where you can write this down in your outline. If you're struggling with anxiety or worry in your life, write this down. Every fear is a misunderstanding of who God is and what he's promised. Every fear is a misunderstanding of who God is and what he's promised. If you knew what God is really like and you knew what he's really promised, you wouldn't be afraid. You wouldn't be anxious about the future. You wouldn't be worried or nervous about what's gonna happen tomorrow because if you really knew who God is and what he's promised to do in your life, you wouldn't be afraid. The next six promises we are gonna look at are gonna dramatically lower your fear factor. Now because God's word is everlasting, then we know that we can trust his promises. Rick said we're gonna look at his promises about your future, so here's the first one you can write down. God promises to guide me when I'm confused. God promises to guide me when I'm confused. One thing that you can predict about your future is that you're gonna have a lot of decisions to make. You're gonna have a lot of choices. And some of those choices are difficult. Some of them are even confusing. Do I take this job? Do I move to this city? Should I buy this house? Should I marry this girl? There are some big life-changing decisions and a lot of times we can be confused about them. We get confused because they're scary decisions. And they're scary decisions because we're afraid, well, what, what happens if I make the wrong choice? And we just sort of get stuck in our confusion. And we think, well, who can I talk to? Is there anybody that can help me think this through? And I guess on one hand, you can think, well, I can talk to my friends, but one of the problems there is they probably think just like you do. That's why they're your friends. They're probably as confused as you are. There's only one authority, one authority who is always right and completely reliable, and that is your creator. If you want to know the purpose of, of something, you have to ask the inventor. And God knows the purpose that he created you for. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3. Look at this verse. It says, trust in yourself with all your heart. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. I'm sorry. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let me ask you a question. Who do you really trust deep down in your heart? He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do and he will show you the right way. If you trust him with all your heart, he'll show you the right way. Why trust God? Well, think about it. He created you. 
He loves you. He knows everything about you. He gave his son to die for you. If God did all of those things and cares that much about you, why in the world do you think he would tell you to do something wrong? Why would he send you in a direction that was not the best for you? God wants the best for you. He is completely reliable and trustworthy. And he has a perspective about your life and your future that you desperately need to have. It's like if, you were, if you're driving on a mountain road, a windy mountain road, and you're trying to get to the top, and you're in a hurry, you want to get there, and then you get stuck behind some old guy in a camper, right? And he's cruising along about 10 miles an hour. He's in no hurry to get anywhere, and he's just looking out the window and talking to his wife. Hey, look over there, Mabel. There's a stump. You know, he's just not in any kind of hurry. And you're going, I got to get around this guy, but it's curvy road and I have no idea what's coming. And you think, man, wouldn't it be great if I had that, that helicopter that Rick was talking about on the parade? Somebody up high who could see the whole road and who could radio down to me and say, hey, you know what? It's safe. You can pass the guy because I can see what's coming. That's a perspective that we need to have. And the only way to get God's perspective is in his word is in the Bible. The will of God is in the word of God. If you want to know God's will, you have to know God's word. Now, let's look at the, the second promise, and Rick is going to come and, and explain it to us, but write this down. God promises to help me when I am tempted. Not only when I'm confused, but he promises to help me when I am tempted. This is the second great promise about your future. God promises to help me when I'm tempted. Now, another thing that's not gonna change in your future is you're gonna have the same old temptations. Hate to tell you that. Hopefully you'll get better at resisting them, but you're gonna have the same temptations uh, the rest of your life. The weaknesses that you have today, you'll probably have to struggle with them the rest of your life. As I said, you'll get better, but if you, for instance, have a predisposition to be controlling. And, and you, in every situation, you tend to try to control everything. The rest of your life, you're gonna be tempted to try to control things. As I said, hopefully you'll get better and not be, give in to it so much, but you're gonna be tempted to, to do that the rest of your life. If you're tempted to be depressed, you're probably gonna have to deal with the temptation to be depressed the rest of your life. If you are tempted to be um, uh, arrogant or not listen, or if you're tempted to, uh, to uh, you know, any, anything in life where you say, I, um, I'm anxious, I, I tend to be anxious. Well, if you tend to be anxious, the rest of your life, you're probably gonna be tempted to worry a lot in your life. Hopefully, you'll get better at it as you grow in Christ, but you will be tempted. Or if you have an anger problem, you say, I tend to blow up, I tend to lose my temper easily. You're gonna follow in that temptation uh, the rest of your life. But God promises to help you. This is a good thing. So let me give you the bad news, uh, the good news, and the great news about temptation. The bad news is you're never gonna outgrow temptation. Some people think, well, maybe I'll get to the point in my spiritual life, I'm just not tempted anymore. Fat chance. It's gonna happen the rest of your life. In fact, I know this, I've been walking with the Lord, I've been a friend of Jesus for over 50 years. You know what I've discovered? The more mature I get, the more Satan tempts me. Because Satan doesn't bother with you if you're, if you're not doing anything, but if you, if, if you can make a difference with your life, he's gonna really go after you. 
And so actually some of the temptations in your life, the more mature you get, the more you'll be tempted. You just have better resources, you know how to deal with it. Doesn't mean the temptations go away, it just means you don't give in to them anymore. And so they will actually increase. See, some people, some of you are carrying false shame because you, you think, I should be at the stage this doesn't tempt me anymore. I shouldn't have this thought. I shouldn't have this feel, feeling this way. Well, that's just not true because uh, you're not responsible for every thought that comes into your mind. You're responsible for what you do with it. When Satan gives you an idea and puts it in your mind, we call that temptation. When God gives you an idea and he suggests that in your mind, that we call that an inspiration. Temptation, inspiration. And then you have your own thoughts. Have you ever been praying, and like you're trying to be serious about praying at something, and you're praying and all of a sudden the most awful, ugly thought comes into your mind while you're praying? And you go, where did that one come from? Anybody ever had that happen? Oh, come on. Anybody ever had that happen? The rest of you are liars. Okay. Because it happens to everybody. You'll be, uh, you're, you're trying to pray and all of a sudden something just comes out of here, zero. Well, you're not responsible for that. That was from Satan. It was just an idea. Martin Luther said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. <laughs> and and, and when I, I should not feel guilty about a thought that I didn't have. Satan just threw that in there real quick. Like, I know where that one came from. Get out of here. And, and, and I just toss it. And you don't, you get intimidated. The, the, the bad news is you're gonna be tempted the rest of your life. The good news is it's not a sin to be tempted. It's sin to give in to temptation. But it's not a sin to be tempted. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in every point as we were, but he never sinned. Temptation is just a choice. That's all it is. So don't get intimidated about like, how am I being tempted by this? Well, because you're human. That's why. It's just a choice. And every time you choose to do the right thing, you grow. Every time you, you choose to do the wrong thing, you stumble, you fail, and, and you go back. But, but temptation is just an opportunity to grow. So don't be intimidated by it and don't be ashamed of it. I, I meet Christians all the time who, you know, they get a thought uh, from the devil or, or they have an attraction or they have an arousal, and they go, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing that, I, should, I shouldn't have that. You're not, would you write this down? Write this down. Attraction is not a sin, action is. Write this down. Attraction is not a sin, action is. You are not responsible for your attractions, you are responsible for your actions. If we're walking down a buffet, you know, uh, I might see a certain kind of potato salad that's very attractive to me. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm salivating and everything. That, where did that come from? It's just inside me. You're walking by, I hate potato salad, you know, and you just walk to the next one. And we all have different attractions. An attraction or an arousal is not necessarily lust. It just means you're human. Ladies. If today you, you walk out of church and you're walking to the parking lot and you just see some gorgeous, sexy hunk of a man, kind of looks like me, you know? <laughs> and you're going, man, I find that guy attractive, uh, attractive, but I'm married. I shouldn't be having that. It's just an attraction. 
It's not an action. It's not a lust. Lust is when you start going, man, I'd like to, what would it be like to be married to him? And, and what would it be like to go to bed with him? And, and then you, you, you fantasizing on it. Let, let, me, let me say it another way. You might write this down. I can't control what gets my attention. I can control what keeps my attention. Hear the difference? I can't control what gets my attention. If I'm at a beach and a beautiful woman walks by, it's probably gonna get my attention. I'm just not gonna do anything about it. I'm gonna turn my mind and think about something else. I'm not gonna fantasize, I'm not gonna linger. Wow, that girl's beautiful. God, you did a good one on her. But that's not lust. Lust is when you start to say, I want that instead of who I have. Does that make sense? A lot of people feel, feel um, uh, ashamed when they get, get attracted or get aroused. You can't control your arousals. That's part of humanity. It's what you do with it. Like I said, I can't control what gets my attention. I can control what keeps my attention. And so I'm just gonna change my mind to something else. So what I'm trying to relieve is a little bit of false shame that you shouldn't be ashamed that things are getting your attention. I mean, if, it could be a material thing. You walk past a store window and go, man, that's a pretty shopping bag or that's a pretty suit or dress or, or something. That, that's not materialism. It's just, it caught your attention. It just caught your attention. It's what you do with it. Now, I said, the bad news is you're never gonna outgrow temptation. The good news is it's not a sin to be tempted. It's sin to give in. So you don't, shouldn't feel, well, I shouldn't feel this way. But the best news is this. God has promised to provide a way out of temptation. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. Now, I know Satan tells you, nobody else feels this like you do. Nobody's tempted this way, and he wants to isolate you. The Bible says, no, we all have the exact same temptations. And Now, if they're common to humans, then there are common solutions to them. And here's the thing, if we all share the same temptations, then we, if we talk about it with each other, they lose their power over us. When you have a temptation and you keep it a secret, then it's gonna get worse. For instance, if all of a sudden you're being tempted at work by a coworker to like have an affair, if you keep that a secret, it's just gonna get worse. It would be better for you to tell if you're a woman, another woman, or if you're a man, another man, or tell, even tell your spouse, I'm being tempted right now. If there were more confession of temptation, there'd be less need to confess sin. Because we'd stop it early. And yet, a lot of times, we don't want to admit we're being tempted. That's setting us up for the failure. It would be better to say, you know what? I'm being tempted right now. And tell your friend or your spouse or whoever, tell them, and then all of a sudden it lowers the tension. If you can't talk about it, it's already out of control in your life. If you can't talk about it, it's already scaring you. And so, so it's not a sin to be tempted, it's a sin to give in, but God says this, remember the temptation that comes into your life, they're no different than the ones others experience, we all have the same ones, so let's talk about them. And God is faithful. And because God is faithful, he promises two things. First, he will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. That's his first promise. 
Second, and when you're tempted, he'll show you a way out so that you'll not give into it. Now it's comforting to know that God understands our struggles. And he knows exactly what you're going through, when you're going through it, he's pulling for you. Jesus experienced the same temptation. He's prepared an escape route. He says, I'll strengthen you and I'll prepare an escape route. That's the promise of God. Now, sometimes people come to me and say, hey Rick, you know, I I just fell, I stumbled here. I couldn't help myself. The, The temptation was just too strong and I could not resist it. And when they tell me that, I know they're not telling the truth and they're not being honest with themselves. Why? Because God says, I will never allow more on you than I put in you to bear it up. And God also says, with every temptation, I will make a way of escape that you can get out of there. It wasn't that the temptation was too strong for you. You didn't want to resist it. You wanted to give in. You're not being honest to yourself. You wanted to give in at that moment. Because if you had wanted to not give in, God said, I'll give you the strength and I'll give you a way out. So it's just not true to say the temptation was too strong. You wanted to give in to that. First, Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three says this. The Lord is faithful, there's that phrase again, he keeps his promises, and he will give you strength and will protect you from the evil one. I've noticed that a lot of believers are not only just afraid of temptation, they're actually afraid of the devil. What in the world are you afraid of the devil for? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, is what the Bible says. For, for the devil to get, if you're a Christian believer and you, you have Jesus in your heart, you have the Holy Spirit, you have God's love around you, for, for Satan to get at you, he's got to go through the Trinity. That isn't going to happen. You got triple protection around your life. The only thing Satan can do to a Christian is make suggestions. That's all he can do. And if you buy that suggestion and you believe that fear, you just lost. If you buy that idea, you believe that fear, you just lost. But he can't do anything other than give suggestions. And for Satan to get at a believer, he has to go through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you're in Christ. The Bible says Christ is in you. The Bible says you're hid with Christ and God. The Bible says you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's triple protection. There's no way he can get at you. If you're, if you're trusting in God at that moment, you're a believer. It's only if you believe his suggestion and you open the doorway. So he says, don't worry about it. I'll give you strength and I'll protect you from the evil one. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If this message has encouraged you or if God put someone on your mind that needs to hear it, would you share it? You'll be glad you did. And be sure to let them know about Pastor Rick's free daily email devotional at PastorRick.com. Rick will be back in just a moment, but first, we've got something truly special to share with you today. If you've ever felt that you're made for something more, if you've ever had a dream that seemed just out of reach, we've got the perfect resource for you. Introducing the brand new Created to Dream Journal by best-selling author and pastor Rick Warren. It's not just any journal. It's your key to unlocking your God-given dreams and purpose. Pastor Rick's wisdom and guidance are now at your fingertips, right there on the pages of this incredible journal. You'll embark on a transformative path to strengthen your faith, stretch your imagination, and expand your horizon. 
The Created to Dream journal includes scripture passages, excerpts from the Created to Dream book, journaling prompts, and thought-provoking activities. It's an experience designed to help you find your unique purpose in life. This journal is perfect on its own or as a companion to the Created to Dream book. Don't miss out on the greatest adventure of your life. Get started on your journey today by requesting your very own copy of the new Created to Dream journal. And we'll send it to you today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to people here and around the world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Thank you so much for your support. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you how you can help support this ministry. If you've been blessed by this message today, here's what I want you to do. Share it. Tell somebody about it. Now, there's a lot of great ways you can share Daily Hope. One of the easiest is by posting it on social media, on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram. But you'll find a share button today next to the message on my website, PastorRick.com. Don't keep the good news to yourself. It's too good to keep to ourselves. We've got to pass it on to others. Thanks for listening today. And join me next time as we continue to look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.